Hello and welcome to the Michael Mamas Show. I'm your host, Michael Mamas, and we are coming to you from Mount Soma, home of the Sri Sameshwara Temple in the mountains of Western North Carolina. And today on Ancient Secrets Revealed, um, I want to talk about, you know, I've been in these mountains now for over 20 years, I guess pushing 25 years. And um, when I first came here, I remember you know, people, oh, you're moving to the Bible Belt and it's really conservative and kind of narrow-minded or what have you. Uh, but my experience has been really great. And I, I just wanted to share with you, particularly with respect to the, um, you know, the Southern Baptist ministers, um, uh, and I've had the opportunity, one reason or another, uh, one of them was actually uh, laying the cement blocks as a part-time job, or I don't know, he just did it for exercise, I don't really know. But um, he had his own church in, um, uh, in the valley around Asheville, and uh, I just went to check on my house one day, and uh, he was there working. And I said, oh, hi, you know, I said, I'm the owner, you know. And it was interesting. He said, oh, you're the owner, you know. And I said, yeah. Well, I've been wanting to talk to you. And I said, oh, great. And I didn't know. And he said, he said, I want to know what's going on here. And I didn't know what he was talking about. I said, you mean Asheville? He said, no, you know, here. And I said, uh, you mean Elk Mountain? He said, no, here. I said, you mean this house? And he said, yeah. And I didn't know I'm building the house. You know? And he said, uh, I have one question for you. He said, um, uh, do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? He was ready to get in a tussle, you know. And I said, well, I said, if you mean um, Jesus, the man, the chunk of flesh, I said, no, I don't believe that. But if you mean Jesus, the Christ, meaning that he knew that who and what he was in the depth of his being was the Christ, the Christ spirit. And I said, then, yeah, absolutely, I do. I mean, in my mind, the Christ is just, you know, a term that some use for the, uh, what in the Vedic tradition they call Chaitanya or the absolute, the unified field, the transcendent, you know? And yeah. And he said, well, do you think he's the only way? And I said, well, again, if you mean uh, the chunk of flesh, you know, no, I don't believe that. But if you mean the Christ, the Christ spirit is the only way. I said, absolutely. I said, there's only one. And he knew he was that, you know? And then he said something. Oh, and then I said, but um, I said, but if you mean that, that, chunk of flesh was the only way and so nobody could ever get to heaven until after he was born then no I don't believe that but I believe that the Christ uh, that he knew he was was eternal and so it wasn't about if he was born in a physical body or not and then I said then in that case yeah I believe all of that you know and anyway the conversation went on like that and it, it got really deep and very profound, and uh, it was great. And at the end of the conversation, he felt way better. And he said, I'd like you to come and talk at, at my parish, at my church uh, uh, down in the valley. 
which I thought was you know, quite amazing and quite an honor. Another time, this was even a much longer conversation because I got on the plane, I was teaching a class in the San Francisco Bay Area and I got on the plane flying back here to Asheville. So the flight you know, through Atlanta was four and a half, five hours. Um, and that's wheels up to wheels, wheels down to wheels, wheels up to wheels down, you know? So we were sitting there talking for probably more like five and a half hours. And uh, it was a great conversation. I, I sat in my seat and then I saw this guy walk in and he had like a, I forget what musical instrument it was or what have you, fiddle or whatever. And he put it in the overhead, you know, and then he sat down next to me and we talked a little bit. Turns out he's a Baptist minister. And uh, it was amazing. I mean, I went way into, you know, karma and free will and predetermination and uh, so much of the stuff that I talk about in this podcast, and he could not get enough. He loved it. And he was a deep thinker. You could tell he was very pensive and really wanted, um, you know, nobody ever totally understands God, of course. I mean, he goes on forever. But he was so intrigued and so appreciative and so thankful to me, really, for so much of the stuff I, I had to say. And he's a really nice guy, but the thing that really impressed me more than anything was just what deep thinkers both of these guys were. And since that time, I have met, um, you know, several other um, Southern Baptist ministers that I can think of. And the conversations with all of them have been fantastic. And then one time, there were three of them that came up to the temple, came to Mount Summit together, and uh, were just thrilled to meet me. Obviously, they had read my stuff or whatever, and and they were just joyous about the whole thing, you know? So, um, you know, now being Christmas, Merry Christmas, everybody. And uh, uh, I think it's really appropriate, you know, to, to talk about that and to understand that. And there's another component here that I think a lot of people don't understand. You know, a lot of people are down on Christianity. Uh, and, you know, they, the way they were brought up, their exposure to Christianity was about, you know, God, some guy sitting on a cloud and Jesus with all these things that they consider impossible. And so they just kind of reject the whole thing. And that's epidemic right now, isn't it, in the world? Isn't it, Scotty? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of the people that had been running the show have kind of <laughs> messed it up, to say the least. Yeah, and I, and actually, a lot of the people that are running the the, uh, the the government and that, I mean, there's a lot in the news, at least, of you know, different groups turning on the Christians, turning on the Catholics, uh, and now, of course, turning on the Jews. You know, but but. Uh, couple of things are going on there. One of them, you know, it, it, it's almost become vogue right now to sort of, you know, latch on to a, you know, kind of a contrary a paradigm, a, a viewpoint to things and to take, just kind of latch on to the opposite side of the mainstream. And, and that's what you believe. And, and it becomes, um, um, almost fanatical that, you know, that's the answer and everything else is wrong. I almost 
I almost feel like that's kind of a result of sort of the drug culture mentality that's really, when you think about it, permeated our nation. Uh, I mean, if you just look at if you just look at the amount of drugs that are pouring in pouring into uh, the country and just do the math. I mean, the average American consumes so many uh, recreational drugs a year. It's phenomenal. And, and so what does that do? I mean, I mean there's plenty of literature out on it. There, you know, people become uh, antisocial, contrary. They find their own little cliques and everybody else is crazy in their mind. And that and that's what's going on. And, 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 and so you combine that with this sort of uh, atheistic uh, attitude. Um, and it's really because of a, a lack of understanding uh, of, you know, a deeper spirituality. Uh, and then there's the whole his, historical accounting that, you know, the, they're, they're the Gnostics, which were the people of knowledge. And there's still tons of untranslated volumes, huge volumes. I forget they were saying how many thousand years it would take to translate it all. Uh, and it's just archived away in these libraries in you know, Saudi Arabia or wherever. And nothing's being done with them to speak of. Uh, but they were the, the ones that were the real deep thinkers and a lot of the deep knowledge of Christianity is there. And then the argument is that then the church wanted power. And so they, that's where it came into, you know, God doesn't dwell within you. God dwells within the church. And, and so there's a lot of arguments back and forth about that and the political thing. And so then you get these atheists in there and this contrary mentality in there. And uh, what nets out is that, so many people are just rejecting religion and rejecting spirituality. And it's a horrible shame. Uh, there is a deeper knowledge and it's consistent with um, rational thought. Uh, and so now you see you have two components to spirituality. You have uh, the, the Gnostics, the, the uh, intellectual component, and you also have the uh, bhakti, the emotional component. And uh, uh, in a really integrated sort of mentality, you know, it's the left and right side of the brain, isn't it? When those two things come together and work in harmony, then you're evolving. It's a good thing, you know. Uh, but people get off on so many different tangents, and the atheists get off on a tangent because they're they can't get past their rejection of a superficial understanding of Christianity that was imposed upon them. And, and I guess a, a, a big point of this podcast is that when you really talk to the, the real deep leaders um, that I've met, certainly within the arena of Christianity, um, uh, these guys are thoughtful. These people are deep. They're reflective. They're insightful. Uh, and... And so there's a, a unity in the midst of diversity, at, you know, at the top, if, if you will, between different religions, you know, because the spiritual depth of, of um, those individuals is quite sophisticated, you know. Um, so there's a unity in the midst of diversity. But now let's look at religion, because religion, what is religion, really? Religion has two components. One is the spiritual. The other component is cultural. And uh, uh, to really understand the value of that, you know, we have to understand 
the importance of cultural integrity. I mean, even if you even if you look at different animal species, elephants, gorillas, uh, birds, you know, there's a certain. Uh, in fact, boy, there, we have a number of crows around here, which is really considered auspicious. And I've become friends with them, you know. And you know, I put a little, once a week on Saturdays, I feed them, you know, and things like that. And they, and so I've been watching them, and they they have a very interesting community, you know. And that community feeds them all. Obviously, uh, they they it's like they work together, they live together, they communicate together, and it's really entertaining to watch them. And that the, and the point being that there's a cultural integrity there, even among birds, that that feeds their health and humans are the same way you know they say that elephants can't exist by themselves they they are that dependent on the cultural integrity they need to be with other elephants uh and he and really human beings are the same way uh, <clears throat> and what cultures then the integrity of a group of humans is is what we call cultural integrity it it's largely based in, that's one component of religion. Uh, so religion has two components. One component is spirituality, ideally a deep understanding of spirituality, and a, an appreciation for cultural integrity. But what's going on now, and you know, back to the drug mentality culture in the, that's prevalent in the world today, it's all anti-anarchy, atheist. Uh, and it, what it does is it degrades the integrity of the culture. Uh, uh, and, you know, I've cited in the past the whole Boxer Rebellion in China when the East India Company was infiltrating China with, with drugs, and it really destroyed the integrity of the culture. And people are arguing that that's what the Chinese now are doing uh, in, in America, is infiltrating with all these drugs and things, and it's degrading the, the people, degrading the, the public. And uh, and then infiltrating the educational institutions and and uh, giving paradigms that are it's vogue to be contrary and so they people are clinging on to a contrary perspective uh, uh, and and that too degrades the integrity of the culture uh, and it's become vogue you know to to do that you're. A deep thinker isn't really a deep thinker anymore. A deep thinker is or is a it's a it's a rebel that's you know hung their hat on some paradigm and decided that that's the truth. You know, uh, so the mind we have to understand that the mind you can justify anything with the mind. You cannot justify anything with that superficial intellect. But the real intellect is something that lies deeper. Uh, uh, it's actually structured in the very fabric of creation, the very fabric of existence. And so when we detach ourselves from that deeper value of the self and kind of start to get indoctrinated or um, uh, caught up in a, more of a superficial mentality and a paradigm that comes along with that, it degrades our lives, degrades our culture, degrades our understanding of religion and spirituality. And so the path of evolution is, is a path of discernment. And, and discernment isn't something that's done with the mind. The, 
the mind is just a reflection of a discernment that goes deeper uh, into the intuitive felt sense, the finer feeling levels. So you have the transcendental depth, and then you have this level of booty, which is, you know, intellect, but not intellect in the way we think of it, but the intellect that structures the very nature of existence. And then as we interface with that, it comes up not as concrete thoughts, but as, as reason. Things We reason our way through life. Things become more reasonable. And that's a physiological process. And so then as we cultivate, this is the path of discernment. You see, we cultivate the ability to reason, the ability to, then to discern. The, and that becomes then an ability to think in a manner that's consistent with nature, mother nature and our own true nature. And then our mind then is an expression, an articulation, if you will, of, of that deeper understanding of life. But when you disconnect from that, the mind can go off in a million different directions. And that's what's really going on in the world today. So I think we do well, particularly now. I mean, it's the Christmas season in the West. And, and it's a time where we re-enliven, we... Um, give more space to the deeper understanding of spirituality, the deeper values of cultural integrity. And, and we realize then that in one sense, then it doesn't matter who is Christ. It, it doesn't matter if he walked on water or not. It doesn't matter in, in this sense now, please understand that. In this sense, none of that matters. What really matters in, in the sense we're speaking now of cultural integrity is that it feeds the individual, it feeds the family, it feeds the community, it feeds the nation. And we we rest into that and we celebrate that. And we realize how deeply uh, those values are cultured within each individual. It's, and that's what they mean by a culture and cultural integrity. And so, yeah, it's the idea of unity in the midst of diversity. There are other religions, different religions, and, and we honor them, we respect them. That's all well and good. But it's not how we've been cultured as individuals. And you, that could be if you're you know, Jewish or if you're Christian or if you're Hindu or whatever. Uh, my personal preference, I mean, I was brought up Christian. You know, my favorite holiday is Christmas. It is. It just... Fills my heart, really. Uh, but what I really like about the Vedic tradition is that the, the, the rigor of the intellectual understanding and then the expressions of that, even through the Gandhara Ved music or all these different values, they're so deeply integrated and seamlessly integrated and full expressions, even on the surface of life, full expressions that are integrated fully with, that, with nature, with mother nature, with a person's own true nature. Uh, uh, but to hear that and then just, and then to just say, oh, okay, great, that's the direction I'm going, and then people re reject their own cultural integrity, that's a mistake too. So we're talking about unity in the midst of diversity. When I was around my teacher, he was a, a, incredible because he would interface with different cultures, with different groups, even different nations, and it's really just a matter of perception, you know, he, he, he would 
just spontaneously, wouldn't have to even think about it, he spontaneously feel into the integrity that was there and relate to that and support that, but still maintaining his own cultural integrity at the same time, you see? And that's the direction the world needs to go. And that certainly is the Christmas spirit, isn't it? Um, and that's basically what I have to say on this um, holiday season. Uh, Scotty, anything else? Um, w- one of the things that um, I kind of remember from the past talking in, in this is about how, uh, like you were you were mentioning about how Jesus walked on water or he performed these miracles or something. Mm-hmm. Back then, was that 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 was kind of the was that the the way that they conveyed the message or got people to buy, you know, to understand deeper about what he was about. Well, yeah, back back then, and and also now. I mean, a, a lot of people, a lot of people are like, um, you know, they think those miracles are essential to appreciating Jesus, uh, and that's fine, except that it shouldn't be contingent upon that. Uh, and then there are these, you see it on the history channel, you know, that, um, a lot of the things they claim like the Bethlehem, the star of Bethlehem and things like that. And they'll claim that, well, that was just a takeoff on the, uh, what the Romans were doing with the birth of, of, of the different, uh, Caesars or whatever. Uh, uh, and so much of what was said about Christ was said about the, you know, these Roman leaders. And so it's kind of like, well, they were just trying to match that. And, and uh, I'm not saying either way, what, what I am saying is that, you know, you know, by his teachings, you know, Christ by his teachings and what we can take from his teachings are what's most important. And, and, you know, some people are saying, well, if UFOs turn out to be real and there are all these different um, beings that, that are, you know, intellectual and even smarter than we are it'll be the end of christianity and i say that's that's so ridiculous because there's a unified field that's under underlying everything everything and that is from the christian point of view the christ spirit the, from the, the that's the word they give to it and that's great and it's the unified field it's the one thing that underlies everything and so if there are UFO people out there, this would just um, broaden our appreciation of the depth and breadth and huge expanse of the Christ, the Christ spirit, you know? So really what it amounts to is just a more, oh, I guess it's okay to say a more mature relationship, a more mature understanding of, uh, spirituality and cultural integrity and this is a season in, uh, for christians to uh celebrate that was that responsive scotty yeah yeah it was yeah it's a good point it's a good point yeah it's okay like, uh, the languages that are used to explain that you know the language and, and 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 the and the culture um uh, through which it's expressed. It's expressed, you know, different terms with different leaders, what have you. Uh, uh, and again, what I really like about the Vedic tradition is that the the rigor, the depth of the understanding 
the sophistication of the expressions of the Vedic literature and that it's just phenomenal, you know. Uh, but, you know, culturally, you can you can be a Christian and still appreciate uh, the the knowledge that's there in the Veda, you know, uh, and and in and the, those that are Hindus can appreciate the cultural integrity and the health that it brings uh, uh, to a Western uh, culture. All right, so enjoy uh, the holiday season, everyone, and. Uh, We'll talk with you again next week.